We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It's Friday, October 27th, 2017. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train-Kreitz. All aboard! Oh yeah, that train is back, baby. You can find us <laughs> on Twitter, at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. Of course, you found this podcast, but in, just in case you're wondering where else you can find it, it's available on iTunes and Stitcher. It's also available on the rotowire.com website itself. Feel free to Please leave. Please give us a positive review, right? Yes, feel free to leave oh, a nice review. You know, we'd love to have it. Overview of this podcast, like all Friday podcasts over the last few years, we're going to go over some top news, dig into our broad topic of the day. Top, broad topic of the day is panic meter. I'm going to read off a list of names, and we're going to talk about whether it is fair to go ahead and press that panic meter um, for generally season-long leagues. Um, but then when it comes to DFS, we will end the show with some Friday FanDuel picks as we usually do. And don't worry, I left it out, but Ken's crazy old man rant is going to sneak its way in there as well. So without further ado, Ken, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, uh... Updated man cave here in the uh, K train household and got to watch Boogie's revenge game late into the night. His first career 40 point, 20, 40 plus point, 20 plus rebound game. Threw in six assists, three trays, shot 14 of 25 from the field. Clearly, uh, without with Anthony Davis out with his knee issue, Boogie was able to explode. Gentlemen, how long are things going to be happy with Boogie in New Orleans? They need to win. They're two and three right now. Um, you know, the from a fantasy perspective, the interesting takeaway here is Cousins played 44 minutes and Holiday played 41. Um, you know, if Anthony Davis continues to miss time, those two are going to be monsters. 
Yeah. And I mean, Cousins was already on a tear to start the season, but it's going to be like next level. This team just has zero depth whatsoever. <laughs> you don't um, think Darius Miller will be taking shots away from Cousins? No, Darius Miller started. Dante Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, Darius Miller started at small forward and had the great line of six minutes, 0 for 1, <laughs> with zero, everything. Zero, goose eggs. Negative 15 plus minus in those six minutes. Um, That's hard to do. It's very that- hard to do. Uh, <laughs> they also, I mean, Dante Cunningham, 34 minutes. He has to be the most worthless player in Ugh. in the NBA from a fantasy perspective. I'm sure he's great really? at defense. About, and, yeah, and, I guess I, I was going to say Antoine Moore, but no, I think you're right. Cunningham, certainly last night, even worse. He's like that every night. He, for, for as far as productivity goes, it doesn't matter if he's playing 34 minutes. It's just not there. So generally, the rule of thumb in fantasy sports, not even just basketball, most important stat is playing time or reps uh, for football. If you have to be on the playing surface to accrue stats, there are the rare exceptions to that rule. Rule Dante Cunningham certainly uh, is symbolic of that rule. Other guys in the past, uh, Tayshaun Prince for the end of his career was definitely indicative of that rule. Currently in the NBA right now, somebody like an Andre Roberson, you know, he, he right. plays 40 minutes a night, uh, but he just does not fill up the box score for whatever reason. So, and when it comes to fantasy, always look at minutes played. But there's you know only a handful of guys. There's not even that many because it's it's near impossible to play 40 minutes and not get five rebounds on two short slates including yeah. last night already this year i've been i've tricked myself into using dante cunningham and it's never gonna happen again. it's I, just because <laughs> you know i'm looking Let at me, the slate i need a minimum price player or something close and and he he fits the bill as far as minutes go as far, far as playing time goes but the production's just never there. One more thing, Ken, before you move on here. Um, you know, Cousins has been drafted this year uh, like he was going to take a ding from his Sacramento production. And I know that he's, you know, one of the top fantasy players so far this season, mostly because Davis has been out. But even when they were playing together in those first couple games, Davis is right, or, uh, both of those guys really are right along where they ever were to begin with. So, you know, I, th- I feel like I got Cousins on a discount in a couple places. Yeah. And I, I'm feeling really good about that so i think when we go back and look and see where cousins was drafted or how how much he went for in auctions that he was going to end up having good value even when davis comes back and they and they play along together no it's been amazing his usage rate both him and davis their usage rates have been through the roof like even playing alongside each other but that's that's what makes boogie even more enticing when davis is out because i mean he's going to go from averaging you know 28 and 12 to 35 and 15, uh, just with the flip of the switch. You know, with, with those usage rates in mind, don't you think they could trade Czech Diallo, who I think has some upside for a serviceable wing? I mean, it seems like the answer should obviously be yes, right? But, I mean, then again, if, if things aren't working out and they trade Cousins, well, maybe it would be nice to pair Diallo and, and Davis together or something like that. So yeah. it, it seems obvious to us, but, I mean, who knows what's really going on there because they might think that this current roster, as they should, is, is super unstable and, and they're just going game by game to determine what they want to do in the long run. I guess. Those wings are just an abomination. All right, moving on. Um Big three-point game winner from Blake Griffin as the Clippers go undefeated to 4-0, and beating Portland. Question for you guys, is Blake Griffin a legit team leader now that CP3 is gone? I think the answer has to be yes. I mean, he's really commanded the ball. One of the in- interesting things about Blake getting his own team and, like, you know, he just has to be the leader. He just, just by, based on seniority and how good he is, is that he had always been one of the best passing big men in the NBA, but it was stifled by Chris Paul being so ball dominant. And now I think we actually get to see, you know, Blake Griffin in his truest form. And now he's not quite as physical around the rim as he used to be, but that's okay because he's taking on a, a distributing role, a ball handling role. Yeah, I think this to. is the best form of Blake Griffin. Um, you know, as long as he stays healthy where he, you know, he gets his own team that I think that definitely is the answer there, Ken. And we're able to see all facets of his game flourish. Yeah. From this a- was, I mean, to, to that point, what's co- crazy about assists and the Clippers and Griff, ball going through Griffin, Beverly and Rivers both got 34 plus minutes. The starting guards, neither had one assist. 
crazy. It's it's insane. Um, but this is definitely from a fantasy perspective, peak Blake Griffin. Um, you know, we saw on stretches the last couple of years when when Chris Paul was hurt that Griffin could he could distribute. He was a really good underrated playmaker. But the reason why, you know, aside from the assist, the reason why I think this is peak Griffin is because now he's hitting three pointers. He had two threes last night. Yeah. He's never been big on the defensive side for from a fantasy standpoint. He doesn't get a lot of steals, doesn't block shots. So if he's adding three pointers to it and you've got decent percentages with with decent rebounds, four or five assists per game, good scoring, and now three pointers as well. It, it really pushes him up from a you know, a really, really good fantasy, maybe top top 30 40 option to a top 20 range it it was an arduous process to get there right because we all um condemned Blake Griffin for extending his shooting range like it took him a while to get out because when he first came into the league it was all around the rim all around the rim then he started to do mid-range stuff and then over the last like three to four years he was shooting like these really really long twos and you know Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley were all over him saying just go in the paint that's who you are but you know what those that couple year process ended up to what we have this year where he's attempting comfortably 5.8 three pointers over the first few games of the season. Now that might be too much in the long run. Um, but it did take a long process to get to where he has that three point value legitimately. Now, do we feel secure that he'll stay healthy? See, that's the big thing is I, there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to be filling it up, assists, rebounds, and points and and particularly assists with this new structured Clippers team health was the big thing for me I think the easy answer here is no but I don't think he's going to stay healthy however I think there's a new sense of purpose and responsibility and accountability on him to you know do whatever it takes to stay out there when you had DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul still back behind if you needed them you know maybe Blake Griffin and the Clippers and the medical staff were a little bit more willing to say all right Blake let's have you sit out a couple games because we still can win with Paul and Jordan on the court so maybe that doesn't happen as much and those ticky tack injuries um, you know don't result in DNPs for Blake so that so that's the one positive here for me Um, but I, I mean he's just injury prone. My temptation is if you make it through uh, All Star break, late Feb, you know January, I maybe sell high on him with just the concern that that inevitable broken finger, punch a trainer issue might occur again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one solid point. There is the the punch a trainer. I don't think he's going to do that this year. So <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better about his health prospects for the year. <laughs> okay, next news item. Uh, more of a public service announcement. D'Angelo Russell sprained knee, uh, doubtful for tonight. I don't think he's going to play for the Nets. Uh, that's always important DFS factor, as I, I babbled a little on my last rebound rant. Number two in the league in possessions uh, per game, just super fast pace. Uh, so could be another big night for Crab. Could be another uh, uh, night for Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. Cheap. His price has gone up a little bit for, for uh, tonight, though, after his big outing on Wednesday. So, Levert, Dinwiddie, Crab, DeMar Carroll has been on fire. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. I mean, those guys are all sort of free agent fodder in a lot of leagues. And I say dive in and take a roll the dice with any of them just because the pace is so fast. They're going to be in so many crazy you know, the, the, the opening night game where uh, they, in, they gave up 140 to Indiana. They're just going to have a lot of games like that and uh, uh, lots of shots, lots of points. Uh, I really like the uh, Hollis and uh, I don't know. I, good good chairs to have. I'm glad you phrased it as roll the dice because you're right. Uh, most of these guys on the nets are available on the waiver wire. I don't feel supremely confident in any one of them. I feel confident in their overall situation that there's minutes to be had and the pace of play is, is bonkers as of right now. 
but I couldn't definitively tell you right now that Levert is going to have more value or less value than Dinwiddie or Carroll or RHJ. Like I, I maybe Shannon can, but okay. I have no confidence in any one of those <laughs> players in particular. I, I have confidence in Levert. I have confidence in Carroll, uh, Hollis Jefferson as well. I don't have confidence in Crab. His value lies purely in three point shooting. So you know, is season long, season long, he'll have some value. He'll give you three pointers. But that's where the only area he's going to contribute in. Spencer yeah. Di- Spencer Dinwiddie is coming off arguably his best game as a pro. He's not that good. If you look at his per thirty six from last year, or you look at the the dozen or so starts, however many it was he got last season, um, games where he played twenty five to thirty minutes, he wasn't nearly as as productive as he was on Wednesday. So don't buy into it. I think Lovert's the guy to own there because he's going to remain in the starting lineup even after Russell gets back. Uh, Carol Carol's really bouncing back after some tough years in Toronto. I mean, he's looking like the Atlanta Hawks version of Carroll, and I really like what we say. I mean, there's been tons of consistency. The minutes have been there. He's aver- He's played 26 or more minutes each night, 31 against Cleveland. Listen, listen to the stat line for the past four games, 17 points, 17 points, 17 points, 18 points. He, he's doing it. Like, it's super consistent. Um, and just with Russell out, he's, he's going to get a few more touches, but you know he gets you some steals. He can hit some threes. He'll have okay rebounding numbers. You know about five or six per game. Uh, Carroll's the easiest option that I would say. Like he should probably be owned in every every format. If you're in ten team leagues, he should probably be owned. Wow. Okay. Very nice. And uh, side note: new ownership in uh, for the Nets. If you're interested, Google it. The game will f- further globalizing with that big media deal. Uh, and Alibaba's involvement. Okay, last. Actually, more of a question here for you, gentlemen. Victor Oladipo, returning home to the Hoosier State, is averaging 26 points, 4.6 uh, rebounds, 2.8 assists, with 2.6 made threes, shooting 50% from the field, 86% from the line. Is this sustainable for Victor Oladipo? Yes, 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 yes. Now, Granted, Miles Turner has been out with that concussion. That won't last forever. He's going to come back, and he will be the focal point of the offense and the focal point of the franchise. But this is this is who Oladipo has been. He's been able to spread out the stats across the box score. We've always known that. Back to the Orlando days, he got stifled a little bit in the uh, in Oklahoma City. Granted, he was playing next to Russell Westbrook. Who doesn't get stifled next to Russell Westbrook? Uh, just ask Paul George and Carmelo Anthony at the end of the season. I'm sure they'll say the same. But Oladipo has been a fantasy wonder boy since he stepped into the NBA. And now, uh, you know, uh, solid coaching staff and just opportunity to handle the ball and be the number two option. And on some nights, the number one option. This is completely sustainable in my mind, Shannon. I absolutely agree. I I loved him heading into the season. This is, I mean, I didn't expect him to score 26 points per game, and that will come down some. But I expected him to probably lead the Pacers in scoring this season. Um, I, I also expected more assists, 2.8. I think that's going to come up a little bit. You know, his first few years in Orlando, he averaged four per game. So we might get closer to that number. Um, but really what it is, he's hitting 2.63 pointers per, per game this year. You know, that's that's up from last year, but it's because last year he really had to focus on three point shooting. That was kind of that was one of the things that the ball was out of his hands. It was in Westbrook's hands and he would dish it out to Oladipo for open threes. So Oladipo took more threes and hit more threes than he ever had last season. And we're just seeing a continued improvement in that area. Add in the fact that he gets steals. He's always been good at getting steals. He's a decent rebounder for a guard, you know, about four and a half per game. So, yeah, I, this is what we should expect. The points are going to be closer to 21 per game at the end of the season, but he's going to be a top 50 player. So, I always think Orlando did a lot of those young guys they had a couple of years ago a disservice by treating them all as tweeners and not giving them a, yes. you know, one position They're to focus on. It, I know. <laughs> I know. And thank goodness for Oladipo he got out of there. Yeah, that's, I think, why I just keep seeing, like, Oladipo, you're a shooting guard. As Shannon said, focus on threes. 
folks, you know, you don't right. don't bring it up half the time. You are not the point guard. Let Collison be the guard, you know, the point guard. You're the shooting guard. I, I feel like this is going to help his career. Yeah, most definitely. I will say that, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, those first two years in Orlando when he was handling the ball, you know, I, I, I forget the exact times. I think it was like the year before and then maybe the year during – um, the rookie year of Alfred Payton, uh, you know, he was handling the ball and that was great for fantasy. Um, the one thing that I think the outside factor, the outside of the fantasy fa- realm, if you will, that has affected the way we view Oladipo's fantasy value is his contract, right? He has a, this fat four year, $84 million contract making $21 million per year. And, you know, he just hasn't lived up to $21 million per year. Now, granted, he was he signed that during an interesting period in the, um, you know, in NBA salary cap uh, season. But I think that people have said and, and kind of configured Oladipo to be overrated because of the contract. But you look at his stats for fantasy and he's, he's really, really good. But I think that he was taken lesser uh, or um he, he dropped in some drafts this year because there's that tail of the tape on him is that he's overvalued. So I, I think that's an outside factor that has come into play and has been unfairly put upon him as being overhyped, even though he, he's a fantasy wonder boy. He really, really is. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of flack because every year I'm like, I'm on Oladipo. I'm on Oladipo. One of the reasons why is because ever since, ever since his college days, when he first came to the NBA, one thing, one of the things I really loved about him was, in college, like he has, he has a really high motor. He's a really good. He was really good defensive player. Um, and each season, he played three years at Indiana. Each season, he improved his skill set like in, in numerous aspects, and, and always was better. Always got better. And I expected the same thing to come once he entered the NBA. And we're seeing that now. I think he's starting to hit his peak. He's twenty five. That's about prime age. So I, I totally buying this breakout. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, Oladipo fans and basketball fans throughout the country, buying tickets now can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy. SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Uh, DJ, I believe you've got a road trip coming up through Chicago and other parts. Didn't you use SeatGeek for some key tickets? Definitely. I definitely did. So I have a monster day tomorrow. I'm going to go down to Champaign, Illinois, <laughs> watch the Wisconsin Badgers take on the Fighting Illini. And then later in the night, I'm going to head back up to Chicago, watch the Bulls versus my Thunder. You know, I told my buddy who was organizing this for us, use SeatGeek, use our promo code. He did it. We're hooked up, ready to go. It's going to be an awesome day. Thanks to SeatGeek tomorrow for me. Fantastic. You know, SeatGeek saves you money, saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Get the most bang for your buck. Uh, And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available. Best of all, new users, as DJ mentioned, get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA. That's R-O-T-O-N-B-A. That's promo code ROTONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. All right, guys, let's get into the broad topic for today's podcast, and that's the panic meter. I'm going to go over a list of names, and we will all agree or disagree um, if the panic meter should be firmly pressed, all right, for this guy's season-long fantasy value. Let's kick it off here with Kawhi Leonard. Panicking, panicking, <laughs> pressing button, pressing button. I would agree 100%. I mean, I, I have him in a couple spots. I have a decent amount of shares of Kawhi Leonard. And, and a lot of people can say, well, he's just going to get healthy and then he's going to come back for what? You know, like 75 games the rest of the season. That's not how the Spurs work. I was already uh, exactly. operating under the assumption when I drafted or acquired Kawhi Leonard that throughout the year, there was going to be built-in off days. Those built-in off days are still going to exist. We're just starting delayed into the season. So now, you know, had I known that he was going to miss the first you know, few games of the season, four or five is what it, hopefully it ends up being, 
I would not have drafted Kawhi anywhere because he's going to miss a lot more games. I mean, we're talking about, like, I will be happy as a Kawhi Leonard owner if he reaches 70 games played this season. So, yes, panic meter is firmly being pressed for me, Shannon. In his first six seasons, Kawhi's only topped 70 games twice. Uh, I mean, 64, 58, 66, 64, 72, 74 last year. So, I mean, the the Spurs are notorious for sitting players. Um, you're right. Kawhi will get some breaks throughout the season, even after he returns. I'm not full out panic meter though, because if you drafted Kawhi, you probably slot him for between 72 and 75 games. 75 games is now unlikely, but he could still hit 68 to 70. And if you got him, if you got him in the first round, then yes, you should probably panic. If you got him in the mid second, he could still easily return within the next week or so and provide that value. All right, let's move on here before I start shedding tears of of destroyed (laughs) fantasy seasons with Kawhi Leonard. Chris Paul. This is a more nuanced one. Yes. Most of return possibly this weekend. Right. You know, we still frankly have not seen how well Paul... Exactly. Exactly. Uh, How well Paul fits in and plays with, uh, you know, the beard. So uh, I I think this is on hold. Got to see how he and Harden play together. That's probably more important than this injury he's got right now. I I mean, the the report last week was he could miss up to a month. He's still considered day to day officially, I suppose, by the Rockets, at least what they've made available. Not playing tonight. Not. Yeah, he's out tonight. Um, I actually I liked what I saw from from Paul and Harden playing together during the preseason. Um, I am, I am panicking somewhat because of the injury. I mean, panicking to the extent that I keep him stashed on my bench. Um, I would, I would consider trading him though, if the right offer comes along. So I, I thought he was going for just too high, too high in drafts, too high in auctions to begin with. And so if you're going to add in this injury concern and the fact that they still need, you know, 20, 30 games before they realize how they even want to play together, then Panic meter is full on set for me, but I have zero shares of Chris Paul, so I feel less attached to this situation uh, than I do Kawhi Leonard. Um, Somebody that I feel very attached to and is an all-timer, a perennial mention on the (laughs) panic meter list, Anthony Davis. (laughs) You're saying knee injuries concern you with regards to Anthony Davis? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the I mean, Pelicans guy, are smart, right? Sit them now while the games don't mean as much, but uh, they got to be terrified. His games played per year is actually no worse than Kawhi Leonard, so it's kind of, it's kind That's of funny. That's a really interesting point. It's kind of funny yeah. that point. people Good people point. always nit, nitpick about Anthony Davis and how he's Mr. Glass. He always misses time. You know, Kawhi Leonard might not be missing time because he's injured, every year but uh he's actually i think if you look at it Kawhi leonard's missed more time over the past five five six seasons than anthony davis so all right i i'm not panicking about anthony davis and the reason why is if you draft him you know this is going to happen you know he's going to occasionally leave games early it happens every season and then he sits out the next game or two well that's that's the one thing here is that i think a lot of those games played uh, a good handful of them where he he played the first quarter and got hurt Yes. Unlike Kawhi, where that's not necessarily the case. So I think it's, it's slightly inflated, but he, your point is still taken. There's no yeah, structural well. damage. Yeah, the MRI came back clean. So I'm, I'm not panicking. This is what I expect. from the, You expect this from Anthony Davis. He's going to scare you, you know, at least a couple times a season if you own him. That's, that's how it goes. The other part of this is that this, this comes down to a franchise-by-franchise franchise basis. The Pelicans will wait longer to rule out their players. And so you don't know until leading up to game yeah, he was time. In sweats. Time, he was in, he yeah, was in sweats and not, not street Davis clothes. Is gonna play. The Spurs usually give a full day in advance. You know, they, they don't really mess around. You know, you'd think that Pop might be more into that. But um, Pelicans usually wait till game time. And so that becomes frustrating as a Davis owner. Whereas Kawhi Leonard, you can just go back and look. He's been ruled out like the day before each of these games so far. So uh, that's another added part where the games played might look similar. But, you know, the way they got there and the process it took to get there was a little less aggregate aggravating in Kawhi's uh, circumstance than Anthony D- Davis's. Listen to DJ showing 
uh, the learnings of writing thousands and thousands yes. of NBA player notes in the RotoWire system. Exactly. Anthony Davis is like a swear word around here because obviously <laughs> we want a lot of lead time to write up those notes to change our projections accordingly. Not a lot when the Pelicans announce him as out five minutes before tip-off. Uh, <laughs> let's move on here before I get too, uh, too out of hand. Miles Turner, Shannon, this is this is your boy here. So, are you hitting the panic meter? Because I know you have frequent shares of Miles Turner around in your mini leagues here. Panic meter? No, Pan- not not at all, not at all. Okay. I, I I don't know when Indiana's next game is. I think it's Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I I I think he's going to come back for that game. There hasn't been any report or anything like that, but just the fact that it's a concussion, he's been out a week now. Um, He's probably coming back. But the other side of this is that he was being drafted in the second rounds, which I thought was far too high. He was my most overdrafted player that I that I noticed in every single draft. Drafted too high. So, you know, we've got this injury. We got the fact that people were reaching on him to begin with. I mean, from that perspective, in Roto Leagues especially, I mean, you're already missing out eh? four games, maybe five games. I, I don't know that he. It's going to be a hard road for him to get back up to that round two level. He played 81 games last year. I'm I'm not worried about it. If he, you know, I still think he's going to be good for 75 games this season. All right, better hair though, Miles Turner or Jimmy Butler? I think Butler, but I have no strong I, opinions. I go Butler. I, I think go, I go Butler as well. I think Miles worst Turner hair in the NBA just, right now might be Willie Cauley Stein. By the way, oh, might yeah, be the worst hair in the NBA right now. It's terrible. He brought back some of the bleached bleached things he did, and uh, some of it's under the headband. Some of it's not. It's a mess, nightmare. Yeah, it was bobbing all over the place last night when Cousins was <laughs> showing him up. All right, right next, he was next player Hassan Whiteside has only played one game this season so far. Ken. Uh. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not an expert on his injury scenario. I'm pulling that up now. Uh, I think he's going to be the monster machine when you know, rebounds and blocks when he comes back. Blocks, you know, he did. Unfortunately, they go down a significant tick from 3.7 to 2.1 as the coaching staff clearly told him last year not to sell out for blocks like he did two years ago when he was going for the big contract. And that, you know, that worked, especially in the second half as the Heat were winning. So I'm a little more concerned about the premier blocks uh, trend than I am about the injury. Uh, he might also come back this weekend, uh, but I guess I'm not panicking yet. How about you guys? Bone bruise, nothing serious. I'm not going to panic. Um, I, I think a lot of these cases with Miles Turner and Whiteside in particular, and, and even Anthony Davis, it's just teams erring on the side of caution early in the season and giving their guys a couple extra days of rest um, instead of risk bringing them back too early. Next guy here on the list, Nikola Jokic. Um, now, if you look at his season rankings, you know it, it's not going to be too far off. But he was being drafted in the first rounds, first couple games of the season. He lays an egg, scores seven points, scores zero points in their most recent game, fourth game of the year, zero assists. Zero assists. That was what was freaking me out. Right. So, so there's a lot to be concerned about here when you're drafting a player in the first round. You're, you need to be guaranteed consistency. That's why you go after Damian Lillard. That's why you go after you know Durant's, Curry's, Giannis's is because you know you're going to get that production night in, night out. Now, if you look at the box scores for Jokic, he's more indicative of a second, third round guy um, because you're seeing those goose eggs randomly pop up. Yeah, most ahead, formats, Jack. he was a second-round guy. I mean, there were experts reaching for him in the top 10 or top 12, but in most formats, he probably was drafted in the second round. Um, I did like him as a top 15 guy. I, I'm not worried. He's still averaging five assists per game. That's slightly down from the 5.6 that we projected. Um, his scoring is down slightly from projected for 18.5. He's only scoring 13.5. But that includes a good, that includes the the zero for three from from the floor outing that he had. He had a goose egg. He's not going to have many goose eggs throughout the season, like if ever again. He's never going to take just three attempts in a game. So I I won't worry about it. He's going to have he's going to be there. He's going to be at eighteen, ten, and five. Probably if we talk about him again in two weeks, he'll probably be at eighteen, ten, and five at that time. You know, he's he's young also where maybe he's just going to be perennially a slow starter. Of course, it was horribly slow last year as coaching couldn't decide what to do with him. <laughs> but uh, maybe there's a pattern here of him just being a little slow or taking some time to uh, play well with the guys around him. 
I think that could be said uh, about a lot of players around the league right now. Um, even some of the Warriors, you've heard Coach Steve Kerr come out and say guys just aren't quite in game condition yet, and he, you know that certainly could be the case for Jokic, where he needs to build up his conditioning a little bit more, or you know just needs to gel. It's the beginning of the season, so I, I'm not ready to panic on Jokic yet. But there are a couple little seeds planted that you know if he ends up not having a super great season, um, we could say, well, we kind of noticed that at the first couple games of the year let's keep it in denver and go with jamal murray young point guard for the denver nuggets shannon after the first two games my panic meter was high after the most previous two not so much he he only played 20 20 minutes in each of the first two games wasn't all that great in those two outings but the past two he's played 29 and 33 minutes He's averaging 12 points and five and a half assists in those two outings against against Charlotte on Wednesday. He threw up 20 shots, which is a ton. I don't think he's going to do that a lot, but mostly I'm encouraged by the five and a half assists. I mean, if this is if if this kid averages, you know, 12 points, five, five dimes and three pointer and a half per game, he's probably giving you giving you value on where you picked him in drafts. You know, I feel like at 20 years old, you're getting awfully selfish if you expect you know, high-level, consistent play from Murray, 82 games of the year. Um, he's still developing into an NBA player. I worry a little about, we talk about Oladipo in Orlando. Or is he going to be stuck in tweenerland, look Gary Harris, and is that going to slow down his development or not? But um, I think the answer there is a firm yes, because they just re-upped with Harris, right? And, and yeah, a pretty significant yeah. contract. Jamal Murray is, is a typical shooting guard. I mean, and, and he's transitioned over to point guard. Yes. Even even still, I think if you ask most average NBA fans out there, they're going to say, why in the world has he not taken all of Emmanuel Moutier's minutes yet. I, I still think that's going to happen at some point this season, next season, but it, it, it does seem a little bit weird that they're still in a timeshare. I guess it's just that transition they, for Murray. They they really haven't been the past two games, though. That's that's saying it's starting to trend in Murray's direction. You know, 29 and 33 minutes past two games. I think we're going to see that trend. It's going to be a growth, a steady growth for Murray. So his production is going to increase throughout the year. As you guys mentioned, naturally, he's a shooting guard. He's yeah. kind of learning. I mean, he, he claims he's actually a point guard at heart. He claimed that last season as well. So, you know, maybe he has it in him. Um, he doesn't need to be a full-on great distributor, distributor like Rubio. Like, he just needs to be an okay point guard. They have, they have Jokic. You know, Harris can can move the ball. Some of their other guys on the wing can move the ball. So if he just does what he's done the past, past two games, you're going to be happy as a fantasy owner. For what it's worth, Greg Anthony on uh, NBA Network, he was ple- pleading for the Nuggets to have Murray be a shooting guard and not a point guard. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I I think that it's going to be an interesting thing to keep our eye on, but Gary Harris really isn't going to slot into a small forward role. That doesn't work. Um yeah, it's something to watch because the uh, the the spacing and whatnot and natural uh, mm-hmm. positions aren't you know necessarily lining up how you'd like them to for all these young players in Denver. One other note about this: the Eric Bledsoe trade rumors. Denver is heavily a part of that. So Ooh. if Bledsoe gets moved to Saucy. Denver. Then yeah, my panic meter on Jamal Murray. Yeah, because Murray's coming <laughs> off the bench, high. and yeah. then he might play his more natural well, position, and maybe he could slot into a Eric Gordon, Lou Williams type of role where he can just sure. jack up shots. So maybe his value actually might. It's not going to. Well, wouldn't you expect Har- Harris? Wouldn't you expect Harris or Murray to be part of that trade? That's no. a good point. No. Well, no, they won't. I don't think they'll do it if one of those two is involved. You'd be looking at like Moutier and Hernan Gomez. That's what? how far Bledsoe's stock has dropped. I'm not saying the Suns are going to do that. I'm just saying the only way Denver does it. Yeah, oh. maybe you, you'd right. have you'd have two young guys like Moutier and Hernan Gomez who are not essential rotational players right now, and then a contract like Fareed. That sounds off-putting at first hearing of that but you know you can only leave a guy at home for so long before you'd rather have another guy or two in his place you're saying the subs don't have leverage here (laughs) right exactly all right i'm thinking of i'm thinking of going to social media and complaining about my rotowire contract to see what it gets me (laughs) i don't want to be here at rotowire Um, (laughs) you're gonna have to spell it out though people don't know would know what you're talking about they're just gonna think you're lovely where you're you're actually a nail salon or your salon sharon yeah (laughs) 
last player here, guys, Julius Randall. And I will actually kick things off here. My panic meter is high. This is a guy I have lots of stock in. Yeah, <laughs> Shannon's giving me the thumbs up for the panic meter being pressed right now. No, I'm hitting the button. I am hitting the button. I'm so, slamming the button. Minutes played over the last four games. 19, 24, 12, 18. Yikes. Considering I thought he'd be a guy that would start, play 30 minutes. But here's the issue here, okay? Larry Nance has started a couple times over Julius Randle at, at power forward. The combination of Lonzo Ball and Larry Nance works together very, very well because they're able to do pick and rolls. You know, Larry Nance just wants to be given the ball down open underneath the rim 62 percent too so it's kind of exactly like ball and nance should be on the court together a lot julius randall actually handles the ball more than you'd think for a power forward and he's more of a baby draymond where it doesn't really make sense to have him on the court at the same time ball he's actually probably more efficient as a player if he's uh handling the ball when ball uh lonzo ball excuse me is on the bench and so if you invested in julius randall um, it's good for the lakers but not good for julius randall's fantasy stock agreed the panic meter is high with julius randall um I'm like you. I mean, I invested him in, in him in some spots. Luckily, I traded him to, to you in the staff keeper league, um, so that <laughs> makes me happy. I uh, the the panic meter's high, but there could be some use with Julius Randle even in a bench role. I mean, I think what we've seen from him so far, even in that limited role off the bench, like he'd come off and have some big outings. Still, I mean, on Wednesday he had 11 points and nine rebounds and three blocks. That that in, happened in overtime, though. That was an overtime right. game where but he actually still, he went into the final two minutes of the fourth quarter and had like seven seven points and six rebounds, and he just happened to get all that like in the last few minutes of the game. It's still a productive line in only 19 minutes, and that that's my point. Is if he gets 20 20 to 25 minutes, he can still have some value. Is he going to get that? I don't know. I'm skeptical because you know, Nance is doing okay right now. And you mentioned Nance is a good fit next to ball. Um, the ribs injury sh- should be noted as well. You know, to start the year, Randall wasn't 100%. So, you know, let's check back in a week or two and see if he's doing better, if he's carved out more of a role, if he's healthier. Most definitely. So Larry Nance has scored 52 total points on the season. As you mentioned, Ken, at a clip of, oh, I lost it here, but 62% scoring 52 points. If you look at the leader in your leagues for field goal percentage, I'm willing to bet that Larry Nance is going to be on some of those teams. Um, he might single-handedly help you um, you know, raise that field goal percentage. If he's going to be sh- scoring close to 20 points a night at a 62% clip, then that's that's kind of in the in the category where we regarded somebody like Ibaka in years of old um, mm-hmm. just for one, one category in blocks. If, if Nance is going to be shooting that much at that high of a clip, um, then you can actually view him as like you know bump his value up just for one, even one category he's doing it elsewhere as well um, but that's something to look at that he might be mvp in that particular category at the end of the season if he continues to have this type of performance last one here guys this is not so much fantasy related but i still think it's really interesting panic meter minnesota timberwolves mm. no jimmy butler though don't you have to give that lineup some time with butler in it I think you got to give that lineup some time in general, even when Butler comes back. Um, but, you know, again, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves have just been the most overhyped team over the last couple of years. And I don't understand why. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of young guys who have never proven they can win um, with a coach that's trying to completely change the culture and the way that they played uh, before he got there. So my panic meter has always been pressed as I've watched people walk around the panic meter and not even notice it in the room here with this Minnesota Timberwolves team. I, I my panic meter is only high on Jeff Teague, and it, it was before the season. I thought he was being overvalued at the time. You know, right now he's averaging twelve points and six point four assists, solid solid numbers. But hopefully, you drafted him expecting a dip. You know, he was at fifteen and eight last year, and just with the fact that they have so many other star players and options on that team, he's not going to do what he did in previous seasons. Um, I'm actually, I've actually been surprised at how well Andrew Wiggins has played through the first handful of games. He's still, he's averaging 20 points, 
five five rebounds. You know, the key with him is whether or not he can continue hitting threes. He's hitting almost two per game right now. So if he's hitting two threes per game and continues, yeah, he steps back from 23 and a half points to 20 points per game. It'll be okay if the extra threes are there. All right, guys, let's quickly do some waiver wire additions. Not a whole lot to talk about. I, I, I got to give some props to Shannon on this one. In our NFBKC oh. league, Shannon wisely picked Al Farouk Amino up. Wow. Who drained five threes last night for Portland? Five. As of right right now, as we're speaking on this Friday morning, Alfaruk Aminu is a top fifteen NBA fantasy player. Yeah, that, that's know. going to change, but nice pickup, Shannon. What a nice pickup! And he did drain over one three a year last year. You think of him as a rebounder only because of so many years where that's all he did. But uh, he said, you know, if he, he keeps growing these three point shots per game. Gotta like that. Yeah. Gotta like it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, good for him. It, it seems like Alfred Okaminu is kind of edging out Mo Harkless for minutes, so keep that in mind. Uh, Harkless is a guy I like a lot, but if, if Alfred Oak is going to play as good as he has been, then uh, that's not good news for, for Harkless. Um, Boston backcourt, that should already be taken care of. You either got those guys or you didn't. Shannon and I <laughs> talked about it last week. Um, the only real area where I see, you know, like, vastly across all fantasy leagues where there is some interest here would be Phoenix's backcourt. Obviously with this Eric Bledsoe fallout, there's a guy named Mike James who plays for Phoenix. Shannon, he's been doing pretty well over these last couple games without Bledsoe. Is he a guy that you're going to target um, considering I have no idea who that guy is. I never heard of him before a couple days ago. He's not the Mike James that used to play for Pistons and Toronto. The 82-year-old Mike James, right? (laughs) This this is uh, 27-year-old Mike James. He is a 27-year-old rookie. Um, I am not a big fan. Um, I, I just don't believe it. Yeah, and by you know indication, you know with his most recent game Wednesday night, he played 22 minutes. He did start at point guard, uh, but he had five points, four rebounds, two assists. I think Ulis for the Suns is actually the guy who, if they don't bring in another point guard, Ulis is going to be the starter long term for the Suns at point. Or or they could just change things up and run Booker at point. Cause there were times last year where Booker was basically the main distributor on that team. When Bledsoe was hurt. Really? I, start Josh Jackson at the two. It makes sense to me. Wow. I mean, that's, that's moving into true experimenting territory there for me. Cause I, I, I don't see that working out well, but I mean, what do you, I mean, what does it matter? Nothing's worked out well in Phoenix. Who's so going to benefit the most from Bledsoe? Let's say they don't bring in a talent. Tyler, you're right. Tyler Ulis. They they have this like weird faulty impression in their mind that they can actually win games with Mike James at the helm because they have won their last couple of games. Right. So right now <laughs> in this moment, they kind of think that a winning lineup includes Mike James over Tyler Ulis. That that's a foolish that's a foolish um, you know proposition. In the long run, they're going to be at the bottom rung. Of of everybody and they will realize they need to throw Tyler Ulis out there. I'm 100% on there. I would I would how pick crazy Uless were those right now. How crazy were those two sun wins? Like when when all that stuff was going down and Bledsoe's complaining on social media and then they beat Sacramento. That's when I was like, "Oh my god, Sacramento's an even worse train wreck than I thought it was." And then they, they beat Utah. I just I'm I'm just shocked. Yeah, with Mike James starting. I don't quite get that. They gave up like a 20-point lead to Sacramento. They actually should have lost that game. Um, but you're you're right. It, it's kind of weird. They're in this weird limbo where they kind of think they actually could win and that firing um, you know, their coach uh, Earl Watson was a good Watson, idea, yeah. but in the long run, they're they're the worst team in the NBA, and they're just going to play the youngest guys, I, being Tyler Ulis. Yeah, I mean, Ulis U- is the guy. If I have to pick up one guy from the Suns right now, he's the one I'm targeting. But I'm going to make the argument that the two guys who benefit the most and who will provide the most fantasy punch for you are Devin Booker and Josh Jackson. So maybe maybe if you're in a league that Josh Jackson was available, I think this is where his opportunity comes. With Bledsoe on the team, Josh Jackson, at best this season, probably would have been like the fourth option. Now he could be the second or third. It, I mean, there's not going to be... They're going to want to focus on developing Booker and Jackson. Those are the two centerpieces for them moving forward. Those are the guys that they're going to build the franchise around. So I just I think they're going to get the higher usage rates because of Bledsoe's absence. Fantasy basketball fans, basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. 
Fantasy basketball for the everyday fans. New contests starting every day. No, that means no busted season. No busted seasons. You owners of Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, and all the players we just talked about. There's new contests starting every day, and there's something for everyone. Lots of lots of contests to choose from, starting at even just one buck. Just pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. Shannon and I have been very unproductive around the office here because we spend about an hour of our day talking about our fan duel lineups because we're just into it so much every day. And, um, you know, bad, bad, <laughs> bad for Rotowire, but good for us playing FanDuel. We love it so much. We are three, Ken included, of over two and a half million players that have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash rw void where prohibited we'll go over our fanduel friday picks in just a second but ken i understand you have instead of an old man rant it's an old man happy memory it is it is uh shannon and i were, were iming each other about this believe it or not back in the day when i lived in the dc suburbs i went to as a, a junior high kid the Jeff Ruland, Rick Mahorn, Beef Brothers camp. I don't know if you remember those guys before Mahorn went to Detroit. They were the Beef Brothers. I had a poster in my room of those guys in a meat locker wearing butcher jackets over their sweet red, white, and blue bullets uniforms. (laughs) And uh, uh, it was mostly, uh, uh, you know, suburban kids who uh, had no business uh, playing any more than a week of basketball. Uh, And I still remember um, standing in line for something holding a basketball and enormous Rick Mahorn just casually walking over to me and slapping it out of my hands <laughs> just, and then just laughing to himself as he muttered, oh, scared, skinny white boy. And I was like, yes, exactly. That is what I am right now. I think I may have peed myself just a little. <laughs> that's a good one. I don't remember why why Rick Mahorn came up, Shannon. I don't remember, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's just like that sweet. Be- I wish I had that poster still. I would frame that poster if I had it. But uh, in the new man cave, but I don't know what happened to that poster. I need it. I'm gonna find it. That's awesome. That's very cool. <laughs> All right, guys, let's finish up with our Friday FanDuel picks. I'll kick it off here. Bradley Beal, seventy-eight hundred dollars on FanDuel tonight, going up against the Golden State Warriors. Now, uh, at first glance, you might say, ah, going up against Golden State, you know, pretty good defensive team. Especially they haven't got off to a hard start, so you'd think they'd be locked in tonight. However, for whatever reason, to start the season, the Warriors are allowing the third most FanDuel points to the shooting guard eligible players brad beal one of the best shooting guards in the whole league you can make an argument um that it could be actually the best shooting guard in the league as i'm trying to run through all of them in my mind so yes i like brad beal quite a bit tonight and of course you know the warriors play at a faster pace so there could just be more opportunities for beal to get up shot attempts shannon dj's hot take of the day brad beal better than james harden oh that's that's tough. He's a <laughs> he's a combo. I'm just giving he's you a, a hard combo, time. Combo. I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, true true shooting guard Beal might be the best. I don't disagree. I'll take him over Demar Derozan and Clay Thompson. Jimmy Butler. I'll take him over Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, whichever one you want to say okay. is a shooting guard. Yeah, Beal Beal is like at the beginning of his prime too. So I, I think there's a lot to look out for. Shannon, who are you looking at tonight? I like the Beal pick. Um, I'm you know I'm eyeing specific games here. You've got Brooklyn, New York over under at 220. Um, the Oklahoma, Minnesota game is at 217. Toronto, LA Lakers is at 223. And the highest game of the night is the Washington Golden State game, 231. So those are the games we're really targeting. Um, I like <clears throat> I like pretty much any Toronto player, um, any LA Laker player. For Toronto, I it's dangerous to say this, and I, I, I but I'm going to. I like Ibaka. I, I, you know, I'm not sure if Valanciunas is still out. Um, I think he's currently a game game day decision. He's did practice yesterday, yesterday, so he may return. But I like Ibaka. He's he's done well against the Lakers in the past. He struggles. You know, he gets you. He 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 puts up a lot of twenty to twenty five point nights. But he does have the upside because he can get lots of blocks and he can get a steal. He can maybe get hot from downtown. 
where he puts puts up 35, 40 fantasy points. So I like his value at 5,500. Um, you know, a guy in a gold, the Golden State-Washington game, you like Beal, I like Otto Porter. Um, Porter's at 7,000, so he's come down in price a little bit from Wednesday. He's He's got a really hot start. Um, in FanDuel's new scoring system, you get three points per block, three points per steal, and Porter's just been on fire on defense. That's where he's racking up a lot of his points. I mean, if you look at um, average average points, average fantasy points currently through the first four or five games um, and, and the price point, Porter's one of the best values right now. And that's aided, of course, because Markeith Morris continues to be out. Porter is playing some power forward. That's really benefiting him. When Markeith Morris comes back, we'll have to keep our eye on if, if Porter's production declines. Uh, I'm going to dive into the bargain bin, gentlemen. Two names we already mentioned. Uh, to afford some stars, I haven't settled on the stars yet, but uh, Carice Levert and DeMar Carroll, Junkyard Dog. Levert's only 5,800. I'm with you there, Ken. Carroll's only 6,500. Thank you, Shannon. You know, no D'Angelo Russell. Super fast pace. I honestly think when in doubt, I'm going Brooklyn in DFS lineups this year. Yeah, that's it's not a bad idea. Again, I, I just, like you said earlier in the pod, Ken, you're rolling the dice. I, I don't feel super confident about any one of those players. If I had to pick one, it'd be DeMar Carroll, but that, you know, that that's about it. Yeah, one and one other guy who we haven't touched on yet, um, Lonzo Ball. I really am loving him for DFS. He's at 7,400. Um, as I mentioned, that Toronto-LA game is, has a high over-under. It's going to be high scoring. The reason why I love Lonzo is because even the games when he only he scores single-digit points, he's still putting up 30-plus fantasy points. Yep. The past yep. two outings, he had eight, eight points scored and six points scored, and he's still top 35 fantasy points each outing. You know, He's getting a steal per game. He's getting tons of assists, and he's rebounding the ball well like we knew he would. So I'm willing, as long as he stays in that like low to mid $7,000 range, I'm probably going to be plugging him into my lineup on a regular basis just because they're gonna, all those Lakers games are going to be high scoring. And if you catch him on the night where he, his janky shot is actually going in, <laughs> you know, he's going to get you close to 45, 50 fantasy points. One more guy I'll toss in the ring here and before we get out of here. DeMar DeRozan at $8,400. Now, you guys know me well. When I'm playing DFS, I'm always, I'm always looking for that kind of like off-the-court reason why this guy might go off. Revenge tonight. games. So, Your love revenge for revenge games. games. Yep. So DeMar DeRozan doesn't necessarily have a revenge game. He's, he's only played with Toronto. But he's from L.A., I think he's going to have a lot of family members in attendance. Sometimes they talk about, you know, people hitting you up for tickets. It distracts. But in reality, I think that he's going to have a lot of people that he's going to go out there and play very hard and be motivated to play. A big thing, you know, my my own personal narrative about DFS and NBA fantasy is just, you know, what is going to motivate these guys in particular? Because it's a long, grueling season, and sometimes you're just not motivated to play for whatever reason. I think DeRozan's going to go out there and try about as hard as he's ever going to try at any point in the season. An East, an East Coast team, East, Eastern Conference team, only gets to play the Lakers at home once. And so, obviously, you get to play the Clippers too, but I think this is a very important and special game that he will be jacked and energized for. Guys, I'm struggling at center. Where are you leaning to? Center's been tough for me this year, uh, Shannon. I, I mean, it's been nice that Kevin Love has been added over. Now that doesn't really matter for tonight. Um, but I, I'm not paying up for Carl Anthony Towns at $9,500. I'm still skeptical of Minnesota as I have been. Um, I jumped on the Vucevic chan- train early on. Now his price is adjusted accordingly at $8,700. I usually find myself in that $7,000 range, that mid $7,000 range. And if you look, there's not any of those guys available tonight. You've got Adams at a flat 7,000 and Clint Capella at 7,700. Adams, Adams at, at 7,000 seems expensive, but then you realize, Oh, holy crap. He's averaging 35 fancy points per game early in the season. And he also already played against Minnesota and he posted 44 fantasy points in that outing. That was just a week ago. We know better that. I mean, no, we, we, we know don't. better about Adams. That's that, not that, true. That's not... This, it, the, it's different this year. That team okay. has no depth. He had he had Enos Cantor playing behind him last year. Fair. Look who that team has on, mm, coming off the fair. bench now. They have no one. No one. Good Can, point. I, I would say, don't you have to avoid Gortat? Because can the, can the, I was going to say the Bullets. Can the Bullets keep Gortat on the floor 
running up and down the court with uh, the Warriors? No, I I, I wouldn't. I would not avoid him. Um, Gortat's one of my favorite plays because he's always around that six thousand dollar mark. He averages thirty fantasy points per game, and the good thing about him is, you know, he's pretty much a lock to get you. 24 25 fantasy points but he can have the big nights where he goes out and has 15 points and 15 rebounds and gets you gets you 40 fantasy points so i mean there's a lot of consistency there he's not going to get you 50 fantasy points on any given night but he can have 40 uh on a somewhat regular occurrence so i i like gortat if more if morris was playing they'd go small maybe they just don't have that option frankly i I mean i will say i'm going Cantor over gortat in my lineup tonight uh, Cantor faces Brooklyn. Uh, it's an easy matchup, and, and Cantor's coming off a couple big games. Um, he nineteen six, rebounds. He you ever think Edis Cantor would get nineteen rebounds in a game? He's good. He's a good rebounder. He just sucks at defense. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been heard to him called affectionately. I think it was by Zach Lowe as a pylon. Just as long as you can weave your way around a fr- <laughs> like an uh, upright pylon, you can get around in this canter. During the football game last night, somebody called one of the tackles an upside-down garbage can. <laughs> it's like, oh, I like that. i gotta, I got to use that. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, K-Train's mispronounced names this time around. Uh, he couldn't remember Rondé Hollis Jefferson's name, so he just said Hollis. I think Sad. At, at I, have point, him, I have many shares of him. Couldn't remember it. Pathetic. That's okay. It wasn't necessarily a mispronounced name. I think he said Karis Levert. It's Karis Levert. Other than that, Ken, you've... Unfortunately, we've added this segment, and you've really stepped up your game. Where this would have been a much better oh, segment time in will years tell. past. Yeah, time will tell. Don't worry. There's no. Lots of pods to do here. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us here on the Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented by FanDuel. Ken, get us out of here, gentlemen. We're going to go out. We're going to outquote with uh, veteran, thirteen-year NBA veteran Reggie Evans when asked about an altercation with a certain Spaniard, Paul Gasol. Came back with quote. I don't know what's wrong with that girl, unquote. (laughs) Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. (gasps) This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.